All right, welcome everybody. So glad that you are here spending part of your weekend with us at Movement Church. And so glad that you're here as we are kicking off a brand new message series that we are calling Reboot, which we're going to jump into here in just a moment. But I just wanted to personally invite you to join us as today we are kicking off 21 days of prayer as a church. We always pause twice a year to intentionally pray together as a family, as a church. And I, I can tell you, I, I don't think there's ever been a season that we need it more now than ever. And so we've got prayer resources available for you. You can head over to our website. Uh, you can download a journal uh, there that you can follow along with to help you. You can join us in person. We're going to have several opportunities to pray together in person during these 21 days. We're going to be praying for each other, praying over our families and our city, our church, and over this next season of life. And so I just want to invite you to be here with us. We've never needed a season of prayer like we need it right now. Because every now and then, each and every one of us, I don't, I don't care what's been going on, I don't care where you find yourself, we need a, a little bit of a reboot. Uh, and I would actually say that each and every one of us right now probably need it in, in some area or in some way, in some part of our life right now. Because not a single one of us was prepared for this season that we have found ourselves in. In fact, my favorite meme online right now, I, I found it the other day, and it says this. It says, good morning to everyone except the pastor who told me 2020 was going to be my year. Uh, that just, that made me chuckle really, really hard because that's how it kind of feels. Like, I, I had all sorts of plans for 2020, and not a single one of them included doing church online for 20-plus weeks or having all four of our kids home from school starting in March for what feels like the endless summer. Uh, and, and many of us find ourselves in the same kind of place that nothing that we had planned for this year is happening. And what typically happens in, a, in the midst of a crisis or in this very case a pandemic, our routines get upended, changed, tore down, moved aside. And when that happens, we just begin to, to, to make decisions that we normally wouldn't make. Uh, we start doing things that maybe we normally wouldn't do. We start focusing on things that we normally wouldn't focus on. And perhaps you've been able to make it through this season so far, and on, on the exterior, on the outside, you're, you're making it seem as though everything is normal. You, know, you, you can present yourself, and whether it's on social media or occasionally when you go to the store, whatever it might be, you're making it look as though everything is fine and okay, but internally, like spiritually, emotionally, relationally, things aren't really going okay. In fact, the, the U.S. Census Bureau just released some data last week or, or last month that one-third, so one out of every three of us listening and watching right now, one-third of the U.S. currently is showing signs of clinical depression and anxiety because of where we find ourselves. And there wasn't a single one of us that was prepared for what the, the last five months would bring. And we collectively, as a, as a community, as a, as a faith community, we weren't really prepared either. We, we weren't really prepared of, of what it would take for us to stay connected to each other or to, or to care for one another, how to, how to stay together and to, to move forward together. And so all of this has certainly exposed some things in each and every one of us as people, but, but also in the way that we do faith together. 
which is, which is why now more than ever we're in need of a reboot. Like we, we, we need to kind of jumpstart and restart everything we're doing. And I, and I hope and pray that over the next few weeks that you will join us for this reboot together. You know, I, I, miss, I miss the days of what video games were like when, when I was a kid when they were easier. Um, because now all, like most of our children have a device that they can play stuff on. And, and they constantly want to download new games. Like they get a game and then they want to get another game and then another game. It's like the never, like they have access to everything all the time. They always seem to want a new game. And, but, but this right here, this, this little treasure that I, I was able to have someone dig, dig up for me, this was my first experience in a video game. And there was, no, there was no downloading something new. And now this will date me a little bit, but back in the day, you actually had to go to a thing that's called a store. And you would go and buy one of these cartridges, and, and it would only have one game on it. That was it. Like, there, there wasn't multiple things. Like, you had to buy, if you wanted another game, you had to go back to the store and buy a whole separate cartridge that had another game on it. But, but the thing with this is sometimes when... It wouldn't always work right. It, it wouldn't always play the way that it was supposed to. Like, like if it had been neglected for a while or if, if it hadn't been used for a while or maybe it got left in some bad conditions. Some stuff got spilled on it. You know, some like snacks are, are in there, collects a bunch of dust. Whatever it might have been, but, but the game wouldn't play right. Like you would, you would, you would put the cartridge into the system and you, you'd hit power but then it wouldn't work. Uh, it, it would just blink sometimes, like like nothing would come. Or sometimes you'd 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 put it in there, and like the title screen would flash up, and that would be the only thing that you could see. Or if it was really bad, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, you'd put the game in, press power, and your TV screen would just turn purple. And, and so it, it it wasn't working, and and the 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 cartridge would look fine on the outside. Even if it had gotten a little bit dirty on the outside, there, there was nothing that you could do to, to clean the outside of it that would make it work. Because, listen to me, it's not the stuff that's going on on the outside that's changing its output. It, it's what's going on inside. It, it, it's the way that, it's, it, that it connects to its source that's preventing it from working properly. It's, a, it's the the internal things going on in our hearts and our souls and our spirits, our emotions, our priorities, and those are the things that are most affected in a season like this. Those are the things that have been most neglected. Those are the things that have had some bad habits kind of poured out on top of them. And the reality is this, external changes will never impact internal or eternal issues. And this is really what Jesus has always been trying to teach us. This is what Scripture has always been trying to help us understand. There was one time Jesus was, was sitting, he was talking to a Samaritan woman at a well. And, and he's trying to help her understand that, that he is the hope that she has been looking for. And because he's at a well, and it's the middle of the day, and she's there to draw up water, he starts using water as an analogy. And, and he's saying that the water in this well, like, you can go get a bucket of water from here, but if you drink that water, guess what? You're going to be thirsty again. 
And he goes on to tell her, hey, listen, you, you've been trying to fill up your life by going to a bunch of different wells. And, and every single time it's leaving you thirsty. In this case, he says, hey, the men that you have been sleeping with, the, the people that you're getting, you're going to all these different wells to try to do something in your life. And it's leaving you thirsty every single time. But then he says this in John chapter 4. He says, anyone who drinks the water in this well will soon become thirsty. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh, bubbling springs within them, giving them eternal life. Like, like what's going on in your heart? The, 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 that when your heart, and not your physical heart, when Scripture talks about heart, it's, it's talking about the center of who you are, the, the thing that's at the center of your decision-making. When, when your heart and your spirit and your soul and your emotions are, are run down and tired and misaligned and corrupted and disconnected, there will always be issues that follow. And what I genuinely hope and pray each and every one of us over the next 21 days as we pray together, as we worship together, as we learn together, that we will be able to identify where we have some loose connections, where, where some things are, are misaligned in our lives, where, where we're run down, where, where we've allowed some bad habits, some addictions, some, some sin to kind of build up in us, and, but that will take the opportunity for a reboot. And what we're going to do is we're going to take the next couple of weeks to, to pinpoint some areas that hopefully each and every one of us will identify with. But today, really what I want to do, I just want to kick us off and get us started with the one thing that each and every single one of us need. Because without this, nothing else will really work. It, it doesn't matter what external things you change. It doesn't matter what habits you change. It doesn't matter how many different wells you try to drink from. Nothing will change without this. And so I want to read a passage from the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. And so just to give us some quick context of, of what's taking place here when we read it so we can understand what's happening. Ezekiel is a prophet in, in the Old Testament. He was, he was from the nation of Israel. But when he's writing this, 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 uh, th this letter and this chapter we're going to read, he and all of Israel have been taken captive. Their, their, their lives have been upended. They're, they're living in a foreign land under foreign rule. Their, their temple, their church, the place where they gathered to worship has been destroyed. Listen, their, their old way of life is no longer. Like their, their routines, their livelihoods, their worship, now has to look different because they, they can't all gather in one place at one time to connect with each other. Like, like Ezekiel is feeling hopeless in this moment. Like, Lord, we don't, we don't have all the things that we used to have. All of our traditions and all of our worship, all the things that we did to stay connected to you and to stay connected to, to one another are gone. It's, this is hopeless. And so God is going to have to show Ezekiel something. And it's the same thing that I hope he will show you today. That no matter what you've lost, no matter where you think you've been scattered to, no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how dead you think it is, God's spirit can restore all things. 
And listen to me, if, if you're going to have any kind of reboot, if, if things are going to get realigned, if, 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 if you're going to begin to kind of come out of this season and, and prosper and, uh, and have health and be doing well, if, we, if you want to see something restored in you, if we want to see something restored in, in our church and in our, our faith, it's going to require something to happen first. And so I want to read this, Ezekiel chapter 37. We're just going to read the, the first 10 verses. It says, the Lord took a hold of me. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. So before any of you are like, what in the world is happening? He's, just, he's giving Ezekiel a vision. He's helping him see something so that he can understand. It says, he led me all around among the bones that, were co- that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to those bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves to complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and then skin formed over their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up to their feet, a great army. And so I just want to observe a couple of things about this, this passage as we, as we kick off this, this reboot series, as we kick off our, our 21 days of prayer for the next couple of weeks. And I pray that this vision, I want you to hear me, I pray that this vision that, that God gave to Ezekiel would serve as a vision for us as well, for, for us as people, for us as families, for us as the church, for us as people of faith. So God gives Ezekiel this vision. He takes him to a valley full of bones, and they're not just bones. It goes on to say that the the bones have been dead long enough that they're actually dry. Like the, the bones have been laying in this valley long enough. They've been dead enough that they are now dried out. And I love it. And he brings Ezekiel there, and he asks him a really important question. He says, hey, can, can these dried up dead bones become living people again? And I think, I think in this season, Jesus is asking us the same questions as, in, as, as individuals and as a church. Can this live again? And, and, and I wonder what our response might be. Maybe you found yourself in a place where you don't believe that it can live again. That, that your faith can't live again, that your marriage can't live again, your, your kids, your dream, your job, your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, the part of you that, that feels like it's dead and buried, the part of you that you have given up on because of the addiction or the anxiety or the depression or the bondage of sin that seems to have overtaken your life. I know, I know great 
people, great pastors of churches who in this season have begun to wonder, can this thing called the church actually live again? Can it thrive? And the answer to the question, can it live again, in Jesus' name, is a resounding yes. There is nothing that cannot be raised and restored. In Je- Just ask Mary and Martha. The sisters of Lazarus, their brother Lazarus is dead and buried in the ground four days in the tomb. The situation is so bleak that when Jesus shows up and says, hey, move the stone away from the tomb, they go, no, 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 you can't do that. There will be an awful smell. Jesus, you are too late. He's been dead too long. But listen to me. When Jesus shows up, I might say it this way, when you allow Jesus into your situation. There are things and situations, relationships, dreams that you thought were dead and buried, they come alive. Because Jesus is not only healer, he is resurrection and life. Oh, how I, how I hope and pray that, that over the next 21 days, some of you We'll start praying audacious prayers that you've never prayed before. Praying that in Jesus' name, the thing that you thought was dead would come alive. So God gave Ezekiel some instructions. He said, speak to these dry bones. And he does. And and as he begins to speak life where there was death. We'll pick it back up, just verse 7 and 8. It says, I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. You see, the the bones started piecing themselves together, creating bodies and and skeletons. Remember, this is the the vision. God is helping Ezekiel, and he's helping us understand something. They, They start getting muscles and tendons and flesh starts to cover. Like all the pieces are starting to come together. The structure of life is starting to come together. But what does Ezekiel say? He says, they still had no breath. There were all the pieces but there still was no life. And here's the challenge, that as we enter this new season, as we begin to pray together, if we're not careful, we end up focusing on all the pieces, like I've got my system in place, I've got all the parts, I've got the routines, I've got the things all put together. Some of us have all the pieces put together. You've got your worship playlist. You've got your virtual small group. You're online and you're gauged every single weekend. You pray. You've got the bones. you got the tendons, the flesh, the skin, the muscles. But without breath, you're still just a dead body. Here's what I'm afraid for most of us in this season. I fear that instead of following Jesus, we've been doing Christianity. I'm going to say it again. I fear that instead of actually following Jesus, we've been busy doing Christianity. Come on, listen to me. If you want renewed life, you've got to follow the one who is life. If you want hope, you've got to follow the one who is hope. Some of us have exchanged 
church. The world is not in need of people who are doing church. The world is in need of men and women, young and old, who are following Jesus and living the life that he's called us to live. You know, when I was a kid, and, and this game didn't work right, I didn't understand then that the reason it wasn't working was because the, the internal connection was bad. <laughs> I just understood what would fix it. See, what you would do when the game wasn't working right, some of y'all know this, you would just take it and you'd go like this. You just blow some fresh air into it. And that fresh air would clear up the internal connection and cause it to work again. And so God tells Ezekiel, say, hey, you need to prophesy one more thing. This time, you need to speak breath into that dead body. So he says, then said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, oh breath from you four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life, stood up on their feet, a great army. And it's in this moment that what was dead comes alive. It's when the breath of God enters into the body. You may be all pieced together, but it wasn't until there was breath that there was life. And, and that word that's translated all throughout that passage as breath is the Hebrew word ruach. What that word means is spirit. So listen to me. Without God's spirit, cannot come back to life without God's spirit there is no reboot without God's spirit it cannot live and you may be trying to put all the pieces back together you might be doing all the right things going through all the routines the playlist and the priority but as long as you're simply doing Christianity you're dead what we need as people what we need as the church now more than anything else is a fresh breath of air from Jesus himself what you need today what I need today what the church needs today more than anything else come on is a fresh breath of air from the Holy Spirit that's gonna bring us to life so listen to me if you want to step death into life today. It's not going to be from doing anything. It's going to be stepping into the life that Jesus gave you. If there's any area of your life, in fact, right now, wherever you are, just stand to your feet, wherever you are. If you need to step from death to life, 
or if there's an area of your life that you know is just has been dead and you're thinking it's dry bones it's too late listen to me in Jesus name when he speaks his breath and his spirit over you those dead things come back to life here's what I want to do wherever you find yourself right now just put your hands up I pray that you receive this. Whether you want to step into fresh life in Jesus today, you want to speak life over something in your life that you believe is dead, believing for great things, I pray that you'll just receive this as I pray right now. Jesus, I pray right now in your name over every person, over every family who finds themselves sitting in a valley of dry bones, the situation, the marriage, the relationship, the job, the finances, the depression, the anxiety, the sin, whatever it is that they think is dead, I pray life and spirit, fresh breath from Jesus right now. I speak it over every person, over every man, over every woman that what is dead will now come to life in Jesus' name. Come on, wherever you are right now, lift up a shout of praise to Jesus for dead things being brought back to life. Amen. Listen to me, if you... Life is available to you today. In fact, here's what I want to tell you right now. If you prayed that prayer, if you want to step into life in Jesus, step into speaking what was once dead, listen, just drop a comment. We'd love to connect with you, pray with you, journey with you in your faith. Listen to me, all of heaven is rejoicing when you step from death into life. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with an opportunity to give our tithes and our offerings. Now listen, if you're new with us, we don't want anything from you. In fact, we just hope that this online experience was our gift to you. But if you call Movement Church your home, listen, all we ever ask is that you be, you ask Jesus what you should give and then be obedient because we know that on the other side of obedience, there's blessing for you and for your family. Listen, we've got an amazing opportunity, church, to continue to be generous. Serve Day is coming up. Saturday, August 15th, we're going to be blessed. We're buying diapers and food, school supplies, all sorts of things. Listen, when you are generous, the church is able to be generous to our city. So I want to ask you, continue to be faithful, consistent, and generous in your giving so that the church can continue to be faithful, consistent, and generous to our city. There's two really easy ways that you can give. You can give online through our app. You can give right from your smartphone. You can text the amount you want to give to 84321, and then just follow the prompts from there. And I just want to speak a blessing over you today. So wherever you are, just put your hands up. I pray that you'll receive this. Jesus, I do pray that your presence would go before your people, that you would surround them, that Holy Spirit, you would fill and equip and empower your people and that heavenly father you would cause your good face to shine upon us until we gather together again and give us rest and peace in jesus name 
Amen. Church, we love you. We miss you. Stay connected. We got a lot coming up this month. We cannot wait to see you together in person. Have a great week. We love you. Bye.